I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Here we go. We're back. It's another Wednesday night, and that means it's time for Vikings, your Vikings after show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're running a little late, but we're back in the house for Season 6, Episode 8, called Valhalla Can Wait. A lot of good stuff going on, but before we get into it, I'm your boy Al Greg, Al G, here to uh, walk you through the latest uh, episode again. And of course, I have my lovely partner Lauren over here. Hey, y'all. We're back. Another week. Another week. Lauren's in the house. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot going on for Vikings. We know last week was a big week because we had Lagatha's desk, right? Right. Death, it, was a, it was very epic. And, you know, we got to see her ascension or maybe perhaps descension even until Valhalla. Very spiritual. So, this week, let's we're going to go through uh, each location. We're going to go through Katakat. Right. We're gonna, what happens there? We're going to go through what happens in Russia or Rus, as they say in the show. And then we're also going to go back to uh, Norway. And all those things kind of tie together because as the, the, we could see we could see the overall plot coming together. And just to kind of uh, give the people uh, uh, a taste of what we got coming on. Okay, so in Katakat, you know, we find out they finally get Vitzerk, right? Know, and they decide to deal with him. And then we also see Uber. Uh, and his and his uh, plans to go to Iceland. Mm. So they and they kind of had some ominous things going on there. Um, in uh, in uh, Norway, we see uh, we see uh, uh, Harold. He's still he's keeping uh, Olaf around. He's kind of keeping him around, and for good reason. We'll see why because he's trying to consolidate power. Right. So one of the things he does, I think he we know that he's a source of information. So if, I think that's actually a good thing if you're a king to keep him around. But as uh, I think he's keeping his kingdom is going to be a lot harder as we as we see his his kingdom is going to be tested. Right. Correct. Okay, and then uh, and just as also what we have going on in Russia, our boy Ivar is kind of like uh, consolidating his own power too with little Igor, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His plan's <laughs> kind of coming together. So lots of good stuff. All right, so I guess uh, let's let's first of all, did I say let's let's start with Norway? Let's start with Norway, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so over in Norway, this is really quick. Uh, we got King Harold sitting on his throne. He is dispatching his soldiers. All over the rest of Norway to kind of unite his kingdom, right. and he's bringing a uh, King Olaf in, and we haven't found out why he's bringing him in, but he's kind of like letting King Olaf hear his plans, and he's like, "Yes, you know, I got soldiers over here and soldiers over there, and those who resisted me, they will no longer resist, and we will bring them <laughs> under my thumb." And Olaf calls him out. He's like, "Yo, we're attempted to have a, a fair, a, basically a democratic election, and you're acting like a dictator already." Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're thoughts on uh, Harold's behavior? Could have saw it coming. <laughs> right. Y'all know how I feel about You King mean you Harold. didn't think he was going to be a democratic leader? Y'all know how I feel. My words are consistent. Right. He is always going to do what yeah. is in the better interest of himself. Right. So, what can we expect? He's not being a uniter. He's no. being a divider. And he's basically going up. Anybody who kind of, uh, I guess, who doesn't immediately submit to his authority, Correct. he's attacking them. And he's probably going to take them out. Right. And uh, Olaf even brings up a good question. Okay, well, what will you do with Bjorn? And uh, they have an interesting back and forth. What did you think their conversa- about their conversation about Bjorn? I think it was, I mean, we we know his 
intentions right now because he already tried to kill him when he was present last time. Mm-hmm. However, in this moment, we know that he is becoming a little wiser as a king and trying mm-hmm. to become a little bit more strategic. Mm-hmm. The last time that he attempted to kill Bjorn, it was very childish. Right. Like, it was out of this very heated moment. Yeah. yeah, it was very impulsive. So, this time we can see his wheels turning and he's trying to be a little bit more strategic and mm-hmm. twirl a little bit more and have a little bit more fun mm-hmm. by plotting on whatever that special present mm. is that he has for him. And uh, I'm so glad, by the way, that they kept Olaf around. That was my prediction. That we keep around, <laughs> he's just such a colorful character. We need yes. him around. And like you alluded to, um, Harold, who's now trying to think more strategically yeah. as opposed to impulsive. He's a leader. He's like, okay, perhaps this pet philosopher can be of use to me. Right. And it was funny to watch that moment because we've had conversation about this and it's fun to hear it in the writing of how cuckoo we all know that King Olaf is and then to finally hear it, it's like, yes, we know that he's cuckoo, but in his cuckoo-ness, he has these moments of the wiser one. He has some wisdom and he has a gem <laughs> and basically if we're going to, since we're doing everything by location, to tell you what happens at the end of Norway, basically there's attack on some part of the king Kingdom. Right. And we don't know who it is. They're wearing like these fur hats and the funny hair. And my first impression, like, well, are they Russians? Because, you know, the way they're dressed in heavy fur. Or are they Mongolians? But they leave this flag, which actually, which the villagers who were attacked come back to uh, King Harold and they say, these are the people who were attacked us. They were just right. like ghosts. So, with that said, uh, Olaf comes in handy at that point, right? Yeah, because, you know, he is a king of age, so he's seen a lot of different circumstances, and he understands the tactics of war, and he straight up tells King Harold, look... They came here for this little raid, but the next time that they come, they're bringing a war. Mm -hmm. So, as much as we would like to think that King Harold is um, experienced with all the wars that he's been through, Mm -hmm. this is something in his kingship that he's newly entered that... He, he didn't anticipate. He, he didn't anticipate. Right. Who's who's going to be in the position of seeing like little plots kind of mm. unfold and not really be there for the big picture? He's always been the guy that's there for the big fight. Right. He's never really been the guy that's dealing with the little battles that are leading up to the big fight. Mm-hmm. So this is a new angle for him. And it's great to see that maybe he took his head out of his butt for a quick second. <laughs> okay. And it was a good thing to keep King Olaf around. So, yeah. So basically, and we're both glad he did. That. But the, but his kingdom is far from united. He, you know he has uh, dissidents from within and from without, as we see. Right. So we're going to find out who that army is. But oh, we'd like to know. Perhaps you guys uh, recognize that flag, or you recognize the invading soldiers who they said moved in and out on, a, on the raiding party like ghosts. I thought they were Russian, or but they could I be. I think they still might be Russian. Okay. I just think that. the way the the conversation that happened in Russia which we will get to Mm -hmm. that conversation that happened it made us feel like the raids wouldn't begin until much later however if we're really honest about the character that gave us that information Mm -hmm. perhaps he pulled a hero a a king hero and he had that moment of this is what's underneath my sleeve. So mm-hmm. when I look at it, th- when I look at this moment now, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like maybe this is a leg up on Ivar, which we will talk about in a moment. Good call, and this yeah. is the perfect segue for us to move over to yes. Russia, Mother Russia, to Rus, <laughs> and the particular in the particular town I guess they're talking about or the city they're in is in is in Kiev. Yeah. So it's interesting to know. Anyway, so cut to uh, Russia, cut to Rus. Once again, Olag has summoned Ivar and Igor, 
and we cut to uh, Ivar and Igor, of course, with this little uh, this little puppet, you know, <laughs> strolling up on this long walk. Like and I wonder, puppet. I wonder, <laughs> him and his puppet. Like I wonder what uh, uh, Prince Oleg is, is summoning them for. And it didn't seem to have. At first, I was like, well, does he is he going to suspect they're plotting? But it didn't really have an an ominous twist. Right. They didn't seem too worried. But that's always the first thing that I'm worried about. And <laughs> Uh, Ivar uses this interesting term. He's referencing when they're trying to talk about what does Oleg want. He's like, Oleg is an enigma. And then, <laughs> and then little Igor, he's like, what's an enigma? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but don't again, know. I mean, but it makes sense because an enigma is a mystery. So then I guess Oleg is really a, a mystery. So anyway, so they're being summoned to, uh, to Oleg and his table, right? Right. Okay, so and... Uh, his new princess is there, Princess Katya, and you and I were having this funny back and forth. As soon as he comes in, Katya's like, uh, so yeah, you think we have a connection? <laughs> and, I was, and I was telling, and Laura, she immediately caught it. She was like, oh, I see a little like love triangle going on. And, they are having way too much and fun And I'm telling her, that is game, okay? Because I'm trying. I was like, Man, you remind me so much of my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Look, let me tell you, the writers, they're just kicking back they must have some drinks right. <laughs> because they are having way too much fun this episode especially I feel like all the men in the room were just enjoying whatever they could do to have like fantasies come to life on television because there are so many situations where I'm on. like that's a man's dream <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's written from a male perspective. But Perhaps. Maybe that could be from a, a woman's liberated perspective, but we'll get to that. Perhaps. 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 So, yeah, so we were talking like that. So the seed is planted. So now uh, even uh, Prince Cocktail, who looks like his dead uh, wife, Freight, is, is kind of intrigued by him. Right. Okay, so, uh, and then uh, uh, e- um, Oleg starts to lay out his plan. He's yeah. like, okay, so I want to invade Norway. He calls it Scandinavia. <clears throat> I, and, and I don't know, I know there's a lot of overlap on the map, but he's kind of laying out his plan how I want to attack, but I want to be, again, strategic. As a leader, I want to talk about what uh, towns and what parts I'm going to raid first. Right. You know, w- which makes sense. You don't just go in there. You you want to go in, you know, with particular allies in the strategy. Right. So uh, he's talking. To, he's talking to Ivar about it, and Ivar is like, "Look, I want to be involved. I want to lead one of these raiding parties." <laughs> the look on your face right there. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so did you see the wheels turning in Ivar's head at that point? Well, of course. Uh. And this is classic Ivar. Like he's just wait he, he you know, he has to be probably one of the most patient. He waited for his moment. Right. Yeah. I think he is one of the most patient characters simply because he has dealt with the crap, he has dealt with the taunting, mm-hmm. and at this point, he's it's very obvious that this is the perfect moment. Right. But just to watch him be him, I was sitting there like, yes, take that moment. And it, and it was perfect, too, because it would make sense because he knows the people, he knows the terrain. Absolutely. And we know Ivar's, he's an incredible fighter. Right. So, But this is why I just made the comment a little while ago saying that King Oluk was... Perhaps, perhaps trying to get a leg up on Ivar because here he's sitting here and having this conversation as if, oh, this is going to happen much later in the spring. We're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And 
he, in this moment, there's a native sitting here that can help you understand the the layout of the land, understand mm-hmm. the culture, speak the language, all kinds of different things that could be very, very helpful for your raids mm-hmm. and probably save you the time for raiding. Right. And you're not even offering the opportunity to help. So that's why that light bulb just went off and he's up to no okay. good. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, what Laura's saying, what she's insinuating, I'm thinking, is that he had called that raiding party. And Along, that perhaps, that, yeah, yeah, before he told Ivar that he needed yeah. his advice. So he's already kind of like started to probe the land. And so perhaps, you know, now I wouldn't put that beyond uh, Prince Oleg for sending yeah. those raiders in. And, and what they call it is like a, a raiding party is sometimes just kind of like probe. Like like, see the conditions on the ground. See what's up. You don't necessarily want to take anything. You just kind of, like, you know, want to kind of, like, take people's temperature and see, see how they react. A little right. scouting. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and with that, uh, the uh, the conversation, we never forget that little Prince Igor is over there the whole time with his <laughs> puppet. If I was king, this is what I would do. And I would take care of everything. And, of, and of course, it's super obnoxious. because he's. But it's become progressively aggressive like throughout right. since, since the very first episode that this puppet showed it was just kind of like a little background just, thing. yeah it was a little background then it kind of moved up a little bit more then right. we noticed last episode that uh-huh. this puppet was a little bit more present and now the puppet has gone crazy the puppet is a dictator <laughs> <laughs> he's like I want to take over everything yes and I feel like the puppet is is kind of speaking um, little Prince or- Igor's voice but it's, but he's definitely mocking Prince Absolutely. Oleg and kind of his, his behavior right Absolutely. Well, he's, in my humble opinion, I feel like, A, he's mocking him, of course, but B, this is Prince... This this is his way of expressing how he mm. feels as king. Mm. Because remember, this is supposed to be a hush-hush secret between him and Ivar. Right. He's not supposed to know that he actually has all this power. That he's entitled to all that. Correct. Right. So this is him understanding as a, you know, in a child's mind how, oh, I have power, but mm. I won't say anything. But my puppet can say it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Our child psychologist right here, Dr. Lauren B. Mosley, ladies know, and gentlemen. just some of my side hustles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me- Get a doll, a puppet, you'll see exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> so, good, good call. And, and we're just I, guesstimating over I, here. No, no, no. I agree one hundred percent. Cheers for your uh, child psychology going on. But with that said, the pup, his antics get under uh, Oleg's skin. Yes, and because he knows Igor is kind of mocking him and kind of testing him, so Igor loses it. He grabs the puppet from him. He slams it, breaks his head, and he has this violent outburst. And the minute he do that, to me, that was like the first crack in the armor, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, your thoughts on that? I feel like in this moment, he's he's letting <laughs> this poor child have it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is how he really feels in real life. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, he's power hungry just as much as King Harold is, mm-hmm. just as you know, some of these other characters that we've watched. He's so power hungry that the littlest thing that might take away the power, mm-hmm. he has to like snap it back in place. Mm-hmm. And he even says that he's like, you are nothing without me. But in actuality, you're actually nothing it's the exact without opposite. him. Yeah, it's the exact opposite and i was <laughs> and the thing is 
we know that's all a part of Ivar's plan. Yes. He's planted all this decision, <laughs> yes. this insecurity, and this rift between the two. And of course, Ivar is going to be like the peacemaker and the guy who goes and like gathers up the puppet and goes to comfort uh, little Prince Igor later. So right. we already see how uh, he's he's gained Igor's favor. My thing is this, which I found interesting. I'm like, how far will Ivar go? Like, I don't think he has. He doesn't have the balls to actually kill King Igor. I don't think the people would let that happen unless he kind of did it like in a diabolical way. All he, so all the, at this point, all he can do is kind of show bluster and you know and yell and fret about. I don't know. I feel like because of the type of character that Ivar is, he's going to find a way for someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, that I personally feel like that's... You're talking gonna, about Oleg? I'm talking about, okay, but just as far as Oleg and his being suspect of little King uh, Prince uh, Igor. Yeah, because, I mean, if he if if he gets his hands messy right now, right. He, it's off with his head. Right. You know, so he's going to have to be a little clever and right. kind of do some of the more of the mischievous tactics that he used to do. Right. And I feel like we're starting to see that come about. Now, mm. my thing is, at what point is King Olaf going to realize that he's being played right now? Mm-hmm. He's so emotionally bound right now that uh-huh. he doesn't even realize that he's being completely played and maybe it's a power thing and honestly too if i was his wife i'd be like yo you looking kind of insecure fam i'm starting to look <laughs> but she's just as petty as he is <laughs> <laughs> but tell me that's to me that's my whole thing is like it's one thing as a man to like look insecure as a leader it's just like you never never let him see you sweat yeah but he's using it and he's singing insecure and his wife is seeing that and i think the whole time she's like this motherfucker's She's smelling. This motherfucker's motherfucker got a little insecure. And I see uh, Ivor over there, you know, just kind of like, you know, handling things like a G. I don't know. Perhaps that's why he made the comment to say, we like intimate situations. Bam, that, I caught that. I totally caught that. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, the writers were having way too much fun. <laughs> a lot of innuendo going on. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that wraps up what was going on in Russia. And, like, again, that... Uh, later on, we we basically end the, uh, the episode with an attack. But what we think are Russians or Mongolians or foreign invaders, right. you know, into part of Norway. So with that, we're going to go to Katagat, Katagat, where it all happens. All right. So we we just finished uh, Lagatha's funeral. Yeah. Bjorn is uh, he drags Vitzerk in. And we know as we left them last week, they were like, Vitzerk, you know, what happened to Lagatha? You know, her body was found dead and you're out here, you know, struggling in the snow. And he's like, I don't know, let me sleep. <laughs> so, he's like, so he's looking mad guilty, right? He's, he's looking, he doesn't have an excuse of why he was out there alone. Right. So, but basically, he cut, when uh, Bjorn brings him before, I guess, the tribunal before the crowd, he basically admits it. Mm-hmm. He basically says, I killed her, but I thought, you know, she was Ivar. Right. Um, obviously, Bjorn's not buying it, you know, whether, you know, the Vitzer's uh, defense is my brother was drunk, he's a drug addict, and all that comes up. It's like, it doesn't matter. Right. You still ki- you still killed my mom. Being drunk is not an excuse. I <laughs> not an it. excuse. It's, and, and it's it. not. And it's not. So, um, but, uh, uh, <clears throat> Vitzer has an interesting, a side note, when uh, Uber comes to him, because I'm glad to see that Uber doesn't totally wash his hands with him because he was like you betrayed me three times you know i thought he was just like this brother is dead to me but you could tell even when he was talking to bjorn like he said that you have every right to kill him but 
he, you know, he goes to talk to him and, and uh, Witzig brings up, you know, this is what I was destined to do. You know, the seer always prophesies that, uh, that Lagatha would be killed by uh, uh, a son of Ragnar, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, he brings up, you know, that I'm kind of avenging, you know, uh, what she did to her mother. Because we do know that uh, Lagatha killed uh, his mother, uh, the second wife. Right. So, we're meant to see, obviously, that playing out of prophecy. But, I don't know. Is that supposed to... It never felt... It didn't feel as profound to me. Like, I didn't feel like it was this huge role he played in this huge fulfilling of prophecies so perhaps it's more yet for Witzer maybe I mean for me personally the character arc in this episode for him was just like night and day like mm. his arc was huge right. he, like you said he starts off with you know trying to hide and like deny everything that happened from last episode to now we're opening up with him confessing mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, fine. We knew it was you. Mm -hmm. But he's actually confessing. But then he's still kind of trying to hide it or lie. Well, not lie about it, but give an excuse as to why it happened. Okay. And watching, like, Bjorn just slap him a couple of times around, it was this moment where I was like, okay, we're watching this guy take on something that he did, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. So how does this play out? So I think he had that moment watching his character grow in this short little part where he finally was like, look, I'm not like you and I'm not like Uber. I've never done anything great. Mm. This is my moment. And I think while he was saying that, it was Mm. a light bulb that went off for him. His moment of clarity. His moment of like, this is what my life was uh-huh. meant to be and when i watched this the scene afterwards uh, following that i was literally like are you serious like you went from being remorseful to now being like pleasantly happy about what you did because you've had this light bulb to go off and there and there's something too before he was kind of pathet- a pathetic mess yeah. there's something to seeing somebody uh take accountability for what they did he's he's literally sobered oh, he's up owning it. he's not a, he's not high he's not drunk anymore he's 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 sober there he recognizes what's going on even and even down to the very end they put him on the stake Bjorn orders him to be burned at the stake we see the heavens open up and and actually he's not crying he's not yelling the way most people be he yelling. He was marinating in the happiness. He was loving. He was almost. <laughs> he was embracing. You know, going to I guess to Valhalla or what we thought. What uh, um, I guess uh, his philosophical destiny was going to be. Correct. And as the heavens open up, we see there was a there was another destiny plan for him. Yes. Okay, so what do you think about Vitzer throwing the axe and saving him, and and the plan? To oh, do Uber. That? yes, yes. So, Uber. you know what? I love the moment I saw Bjorn give him the little nod. Uh-huh. Like I was like, "What's about to happen?" Okay. Oh snap! And he throws a little. I was like, "Oh yeah. my god! Oh my god! He's not gonna kill him." Yeah. Yes, there's good in him still because this is the character. Like for Bjorn to be so malicious and be revengeful, it's just an ugly look for him. Uh-huh. He's not that character. So right. so to see him have this moment, and I think it was a really cool director choice um, for these flashbacks between. Um, his mom and Ragnar and and him as a boy and just understanding that, you know, there were so many moments where he promised to take care of his mother, but then also understanding that his father told him, look, you're going to lead with your mind and not with your heart. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, 
Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, like Lauren is saying, you know, throughout this tumultuous event and where, where Bjorn has decided to spare Vitzig. So, we know something greater is meant for Vitzig. And I, I have a yeah. feeling what that is, but we'll get into that later. But, you know, like you said, Bjorn is having these flashbacks and we get to see him when he's little and Ragnar and, you know, and, and it's really touching. And, of course, Ragnar's uh, telling him about being a good leader, you know, lead with your head, with your, not your heart. And yeah. so, obviously, that's another uh um, that's another evidence of that. There's one other decision that Bjorn makes, uh, and it's and this is still part of Katakat, when we talk about leading with your head and with your heart. Bjorn has continued this affair with Ingrid. Yes. Okay. So the one thing, I mean, I get it. You know, she's been kind of throwing herself at oh, him. Oh, yeah. You know, and... <laughs> He's a powerful man. He's a son of Ragnar. And a lot of times men feel... We'll get into, get into that, but men feel entitled to certain things. Yes. Okay. And so this, this is more medieval ages, not today. So, and Bjorn... But here's, my, again, my one problem with... Not problem with Bjorn, but again, where you see cracks in the armor, where he's he's sitting there, he's making love to her, and they're kind of like pillow talking. He's like, man, I feel guilty. I shouldn't be doing this, you know, to Gunhill. Right. And she's like, well, Gunhill knows what's going on. And, you know, basically trying to build him up. You're a great man. You could do what you want. And to a certain extent. She ex- is trouble. <laughs> she's a little, she's a little yeah. floozy. Ooh. She's a little side piece. <laughs> she's <record>. trouble. <laughs> like... Continue. Continue. No set on her. But with that said, I guess I guess the crack in the armor again, and I appreciate again, I appreciate that Bjorn has a conscience. You know what I right. mean? That he does feel like bad that I'm I'm cheating on my wife. But there's another part of me that okay, like for for instance, when Ragnar did it, Ragnar like owned his ish. He was like, "Yo, I'm yeah. taking this other lady." You know what I mean? I still love you, but you know this is strategic, and you know she's gonna be my second wife, and like it is what it is. So there's a part yeah. of there's a part of uh, what Ragnar did with the way of owning it and sort and showing authority. You know what I mean? Right. Like with no, um, I guess he didn't reproach himself about it. Did you notice that? Yeah, I noticed it, but I think Bjorn is struggling. He has this inner struggle. Well, yeah, with he's himself. different than his dad, like that. Well, he's different from his dad, but he also doesn't want to be his dad. Ah, yeah. If okay, you've noticed since the beginning of this season, episode one, everything mm-hmm. has been about him being a better, well, not necessarily a better king, but being a different king than everybody else, including his dad. Mm-hmm. So there's been little moments, and I think the beautiful flashback that we saw in the midst of this um, episode where he was, you know, running out to his mom and he's like, I'm going with you, and he hops on the wagon to go. That moment, these are moments that are kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are all defining moments of what drove their his mom and his dad away. Mm. So I felt like in this moment, even though it's not necessarily whether it's a, a choice of what's right or wrong. I mean, he's cheated before. Like mm-hmm. he's he's had other women. I mean, he had Tovi and then now he has Gunhill and he's had other people in between that. So at the end of the day, I think he's really having a reflective moment of who am I becoming? Mm. And I think we see that with, you know, him sparing his brother's life. Okay, okay. I think we see that with some of the flashbacks right. that we saw, you know, from reminding him of his mom. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have such a traumatic moment of losing a loved one, and especially right. your mom and par- literally your heart, uh-huh. you have this moment of like, who am I? Okay. And I feel like that's what we're seeing in this moment. We're seeing these these flashpoints in his life and in these moments of growth. You yeah, know what I mean things that he incidents that he can learn from. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely good to hear that from a female perspective. And yes. like obviously and, and you're right that Bjorn I do he he always felt sorry that Lagatha was cheated on. So I could see that yeah. part of him that he doesn't want to act 
end up like his dad in that in that respect. Right. But, but him being a man. He is, <laughs> it is what it is. He's a king, too. He's a king. You know, kings feel entitled to everything. And she's not, this girl is not helping. <laughs> She's not because he had this he had this hoorah of like I know that I need to do X, Y, and Z. It's not fair to Gun Hill. Especially it's, after she that's just, that was my biggest thing. Gun Hill just had his back. We talked had, we had talked about when by the way, when Bjorn when he comes back to Katika, yes. you know, after uh the funeral, Lagatha's funeral, he addresses the crowd. He's like, you know, I had this failed mission and there was this election and I thought I was gonna be elected to United Norway, but you know, I wasn't elected the king. Matter of fact, you know, me and the king fell out you know i'm on the outs and you guys actually have the ability you know if you no longer choose me as your leader you know i would understand but gunhill steps up for him right and to have this moment once again i think this is a reflection of him trying to understand who does he want to become and what as we i think what episode two and three was what type of leader do you want to be this is one of those moments you have a wife that is not only just your wife but she's right or die right she is a ride or die and she's Mm -hmm. going to make this happen Mm -hmm. and she supports you for who you are she believes in you and when these people had no words it was dead silence she raises her voice and says i am ashamed y'all better say something (laughs) (laughs) the gods have not lost favor and to have such a strong person in your corner like that regardless if it was your wife or not but just to have a supporter of that nature and then you just disrespect them like that it's yeah it was the the timing was really bad during the timing was really bad horrible and talk about timing Man, Gunhill walks in. Yep. And just like a woman knows. I, 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 she's like, yeah, I knew what was going on, but like you said, I just she had, had to, see, to see because we knew what was going on. Gunhill, even they had a conversation. She yeah. was like, I see you lusting after my husband. The, the, right. She spotted that coming a million Clocked miles away. It. Yeah. So, so she was never oblivious. But interesting to hear the, a female's point of view because I'm like. I wouldn't necessarily, if you're caught, you're caught. But right. I don't necessarily, I wouldn't want to, to throw it on my wife's face just because I just feel it would just hurt her so much. But she but she needed to see it. And you were telling me from a certain point of view, like, you may need to see that too as a woman, the actual proof. Well, the thing is, and I can't speak for all women, but I feel like in this scene, the importance was to to own it. Okay. He needs to own it. She needs mm. to own it. And when something is face to face, it's very hard to deny it. You can't say, oh man, no. He kept pulling shaggy. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, oh, we were just talking. No, it was like, no, I am right. here. So, and then, you know, what happens moments later, it was one of those things. And I personally, you know, Gun Hill, I am here for your character up until this moment. <laughs> up until this moment. So, yeah, she slams all the cards on the table. Right. Like, it is what it is. And let's she, own it. Let's own it. Together. It's, let's own it together. So, Gun Hill, and you're wondering, like, well, is she going to leave Bjorn? I didn't think she would necessarily leave him, but you're wondering how she's going to react because she just expressed such loyalty to him. Loyalty to him. Oh, and here's. Here's what I'm getting. Because she owns it and she makes the proposal that, okay, I can see that you care about this woman. He says, she says love. I don't know that Bjorn loves her, but she I like, don't either. Because yeah. you see, he didn't answer. It was just a, I think it's just a lust thing. A She's a side piece. That's all she is. It, yeah, I think they're giving this girl way too much power. Right. And she, I think we know that she doesn't have that much power because mm. anytime you have to basically like jump on top of the next moment, which is what she did after 
um, Bjorn was like, oh, this isn't fair mm-hmm. to Gun Hill. She automatically jumped on. I was like, oh, she knows. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, and so it's an interesting tactic by Gun Hill for saying, I see that you care about this woman. You can, you're a king. You can take on a, a second wife. That's what your father did. I will still be your loyal first wife. You know, and I, I and now it's kind of making sense that okay, it may not be an ideal choice for Gun Hill, but sh- she's in control. She's the one who's like making the sh- calling calling it she's she's already she's kind of like laid out the foundation of what this is and really she's going to be still the number one wife right so on a, we had we had an interesting uh back and forth in that because yeah. lauren doesn't seem like the type of me that would take on like you know the second side wife role <laughs> like but, i said the the writers had a lot of fun yeah. in the writing but room. it's the medieval <laughs> times you know kings had tons of wives back this then. is true so you know maybe you know and like i said i i like the way gun Hill, like I, okay if i can't if i can't control him this is a way of me owning it and perhaps this will work out to her advantage too I definitely think that it's going to work out to her advantage. Um, I haven't really wrapped my head around this character too much because she's always surprising me, like left and right. Uh-huh. And she's definitely a woman that takes ownership. She's definitely a woman that lives in her power. But at the end of the day, she, she just doesn't seem to be as attached. Like she loves Bjorn, but she doesn't seem to be uh, like. She's not a woman of substance. No, she's a woman of substance. Not really? Yeah. But okay, what's what's going on with her and her character? Because I don't I, see it. I'm still trying to, you know, figure it out. And y'all should leave some comments in the comments okay. for us. But I feel like she's just not that ideal definition of a wife. You know what I mean? In modern day, or at least in our terms, we think that a wife should be, you know like this is my man type of deal like Uh in that type of scenario this type of situation like she stood up for her man and wanted him to have the power and respect that he deserved because of the things that she you know that everyone knows that he's done he he's he deserves that and she even says it but then in the next moment of where she should defend her man and her relationship she kind of just defends it in an unusual way and she it is defended but in the sense of protecting her relationship between her and Bjorn, she's not as married to that. She's married to the to him for him, but not to the idea of just marriage, if that and makes it, sense. And it could almost be like giving them both enough rope to hang themselves, you know? Very much so. Mm-hmm. So right. Why fight it? <laughs> right. And that's one thing that I keep seeing about this woman. She's she's not one to give energy to things that are not worth the energy. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, but again, so I, I still don't see the substance of Ingrid. You like her? I mean, not like her, but... Oh, Ingrid, yeah, she's not a woman of substance. That's I what, thought, I, that's what oh, I'm saying. I you're talking about Gun no, Hill. No, no, Gun Hill's dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, so she we has have, no We just substance. have to see what she brings to the table, you know what I mean? Yes. Besides, you I know. think the actress is phenomenal, but this character yeah. can go. So if y'all want to kill her off, <laughs> okay. I'm not a What do you guys think about Ingrid, the side <laughs> piece, the home record? All right, so uh, with that said, we're, uh, we're getting close and close to the end. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we got our special news segment coming up with yes. Lauren. We have uh, our best kill segment and then our predictions at the end. And we're working on way to that we just got a few more minutes left to get through katakat yeah so uh one, there's one more beat left in the story uh uber wants to go to iceland and he's yeah. mentioned this before but he goes and he recruits kettle flat no sh- they say shettle shettle flat and we immediately 
uh, feel the tension that maybe Uber doesn't know how deadly that flat nose is. Right. He probably only has a vague idea what happened on Iceland and all the chaos he caused there. He doesn't know that really he was disloyal to Bjorn. Bjorn doesn't even know that he was disloyal yeah. to Bjorn. Except he just showed this flash of loyalty at the end, you know, when he knew that um that Harold was coming to kill him. And like I think we both looked at each other when he immediately recruits uh recruits him and Uber's mm-hmm. like, we're gonna go to Iceland and find Floki, and we're going to find this other guy, the Wanderer. That, that character, I haven't showed him in years. But he's like this guy who goes from culture to culture, and he's kind of like a, yeah. like a like he tours, and he speaks different language, and, he's, and he kind of moves from culture. So they're going to find him, and they're going to find Floki. But uh, with this, as soon as he recruits uh, Kettle Flatnose, like, they cut to the little axe like by the fire. I think we were looking at each other when that happened, right? Yes. And to me, that's just like cutting to the gun. You know? I was like, <laughs> tell us what you're really up to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, it's, as soon as, you know, they they get in the boat. It happens really quick. They go over to Iceland, and we see uh, Kettle Flatnose introduce Uber and uh, Torvi and their daughter. And by the way, the the uh, <clears throat> the settlement seems to be thriving. So yeah. and we might have to kind of have to build that in as a new thing as Iceland. Maybe we'll create that as an as a new location to cut it to. It looks since like they're, they're introducing it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, but the settlement seems to be thriving, and immediately. Uh, Flat nose. He kind of has this little aside, which he always does. He always, it's like this little evil aside where he twists his mustache and he talks about, "I wish they hadn't come." And you know, obviously <laughs> he's obviously he had plans for Iceland for himself, right? He's always had plans for Iceland yes. for himself. So yeah, so he doesn't want. Um, obviously, he doesn't want them to be there. We already got okay. So with the, we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that. Because I think we can make some predictions about what Flat Nose wants and what's going to happen with them. Yeah. But with that said, all right, we're now going to move into our entertainment news section. And the lovely Lauren B. Mosley is going to update us on all the news right. of what's going on with Vikings. And uh, uh, our dear Lagatha, who, who passed away last, <laughs> last episode. You know, last episode was very, very hard to digest. However, you guys, I am now excited again because, you know, we lose characters, but then we win some other special moments. Moments. We lost Lagatha, but Lagatha is still alive, in a sense, behind <laughs> <our> the camera. <laughs> right, in our hearts uh-huh. and behind the camera. Catherine Winnick, the actress who played Lagatha, um, just did an interview with Entertainment Tonight. And I guess this is how I'm just going to have to piggyback off of my um, interviews since I can't get Catherine to answer me back. <laughs> Catherine, if you're out there, we answer want you. Answer me back. I, we want to do an Hit interview. Back. But in the meantime, we are thriving off of entertainment tonight where she shared that this is her first directorial debut mm. and she is the only cast member who has had the opportunity to direct an episode out wow. of the six seasons which is amazing because she is a woman. Right. That's we huge. love it. I would have thought the actor who played Ragnar would directed an episode but I didn't yeah know okay. i didn't right and it, that was shocking to me but she has had this very special moment and as she shared it took about six years to get that mm-hmm. but this is a moment that has allowed her to be creative behind the camera she felt like this was a really special moment because she was able to give all of her attention to it now that she's you know unfortunately no longer lagatha we miss you <laughs> shout out to Catherine <laughs> winnick a great character but we're glad like she's making power moves behind the scenes absolutely and this was such a 
huge, huge moment because she also shared that she was just here in L.A. for the Golden Globes. And unfortunately, no female directors won any awards. Right. So as she stated, and as many, many females in this industry, we have all stated that in order for us to get the opportunities that we want, we're just going to have to start creating. So congrats, Catherine Winnick. We are so excited. This was an excellent episode. Good we episode. can't wait to see what else well you're doing. executed. Oh, just side note, I saw Bad Boys for Life this week. Yes. And guess who was in the movie? Bjorn. Bjorn. <laughs> he has a small part in there, but he kind of... Oh, his like, part was pretty... pretty it comes, he kinda, he kinda, pretty it's built, it builds up at the end. It builds up at the end where he kind of like saves the day. But, yes. but uh, shout out to that actor because I guess we can expect a lot of big things from Alex him. Alex is phenomenal. I mean, we, we watch him all throughout these episodes with his accent. Mm-hmm. And then we watch Bad Boys, and the accent is removed. Right. And he has more of a Native American, like, well, not Native American, but a neutral, yeah, yeah, a traditional American accent. Mm -hmm. And that's just amazing to watch. So talented. So congrats on that. Shout out to Bjorn. And and one thing we didn't really address, which leads us to Best Kill, though, by the way, we we kind of alluded to how this, this false uh, funeral was staged between uh, Bjorn and uh, and Uber. Yeah. So what we're gonna do right now for the best kill, uh, we're gonna there you go. We're gonna set the <laughs> stage and we see if you can reflect on the image of uh, Vitzer burning at the stake and looking at the sky and we think he's about to die. But right before he dies, it's a twist. Uber throws the the hatchet at the, the I guess that his ties that binds him, and he falls into the water. Right. So we're we're calling that our best kill, our best simulated kill. Yes, <laughs> that definitely gets the the number one top pick for this week. It was definitely it's definitely a twist, something none of us saw coming, and it was you know it was, it was just one of those like uh, one of those uh, reversal moments yeah. you know, where, the, where the, the film throws you a curveball. That moment was very beautiful, but I also really love this moment because of the shots that took place like the actual um cinematography that took place Catherine made some really strong choices for how she wanted to show those moments and i don't know if the rest of our audience and fans noticed but we got a lot of emotional um heated like moments and higher stakes because the shots were very very tight we were able to really be involved with just like a really close-up and tight frame on their eyes and that was part of that especially too when you see there's a couple of uh, close-ups on a on uh, Vitzerk when he's burning and you see the flames and you see yeah. his eyes and he's looking at the heavens. So, so it really feels epic. So that was our, that was, we can call that our best kill, an epic kill. Yes. And we know there's more to be seen from Vitzerk because he's basically condemned to be a, another wanderer yes. and we know he's going to get into some kind of trouble. And you know what? Yes. Gunhill kind of, I think she, her character kind of spills the tea a little bit. Oh, what did she Because say? she said, you know what, Bjorn? It's your fault or not your fault, yeah. but she said, it's your your um your mistake. Mis- well it's your captives that you let go that attack the village um your mother's village right. so i think that was a little call to that the- definitely foreshadowing that yeah. because he's letting vitzer go vitzer's going to come back yeah. and do something light bulb all right so with that said we're going to wrap things up but i want to give a, com- a couple of shout outs to the people who left comments last week and sorry we haven't been keeping up on them 
But uh, shout out to uh, Ely May. She says, I always miss the live, but great review, guys. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Thank you. And then we have uh, Merle Otega. Not only the Buddhists believe in reincarnation, but the Hindus do too. Ah. I think that Freddy's lookalike is probably a doppelganger. Yeah, and that's something we talked about. Yes. Okay. So, and with that said, we are getting to the closing of this episode, and we're going to talk about predictions. Yeah. So. And now. Predictions. Yes. One prediction I'm going to go out on a limb and say, and it's probably not a big limb, but because we felt that while it was a, uh, while it was a, it was a, a nice 180 for Vitzerk to not be killed and be freed, we know that he's going to play a role. I don't think it's, for me, I don't think it's a I'm extending myself to say that he's going to kill Ivar. At least that's what he wants to. That's my prediction. That's what I want uh, to see happen. That's what I want to see happen. He's going to get his moment. He's going to get his moment because he's the son of Ragnar. And I hate to see a son of Ragnar go out in humiliation. And we saw and we saw that he's kind of had this psychic change. So I want to see that. And, uh, do you have any other predictions for uh, what you think is going to happen with Katagat or Iceland? With well, I think King Harold is in. He's about to get a run for his money. Okay. I think that he feels like he is the big dog on campus. Mm-hmm. And I believe these Russians are about to shut him down. They're about to take him down least, a peg. I, I think that the Russians. <laughs> that came in on uh-huh. the tele and so I'm believing that the Russians are about to shut them down. Yeah, and so just an interesting nod to history. Uh, we know that in real life King Harold did, it was the United uh, King of Norway and Bjorn continued to rule, I guess, what was in Katagat. But uh, yeah, we're, and we're, it'd be interesting what role Russia plays in it. So, yeah. with that said, ladies and gentlemen, this is the inclusion of the conclusion of this episode. I'm your boy Al Gregg and this is my homegirl Lauren. Lauren B., Hey, what up? And thank you for tuning in. We'll be here every Wednesday night at 10 to uh, take on the, the recap of Vikings After Buzz show. And see you next week. And uh, keep oh, leaving the comments. Oh, where can they find us? Stay with us. Yeah, you can catch us on, or you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren B. That's mostly M-O-S-L-E-Y, Lauren B. Mosley. My bad. Thanks for reminding me and your boy, yeah. LG. You can find me on uh, Instagram at LG underscore Jamaica House. So follow us, and uh, we look forward yeah. to hearing from you guys. We love the chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.